Thank you. Well, it's great to be here and preach to cousins and then other strangers. And uh, because I was born in Greenwood. And uh, I want to just do a couple of things today uh, uh, to help you understand. I talked about it a little bit last night. But sometimes God gives assignments because of heritage and, uh, you know, being uh, as a little boy in the uh, conservative Greenwood Church, Trussler Mennonite, uh, spirit-filled at Eastern Mennonite College, uh, my second year of, of, uh, of being in college. I don't know if you know, I got spirit-filled at, at uh, they called it EMC. The Spirit of God, we closed down the campus for three days. There were four different campuses that came together from all over that area, other colleges. We actually had an upper room. We went and prayed. I remember going into bars, witnessing to people. It was like God just flooded uh, Harrisonburg. Uh, Harris. I get Harrisonburg and Harrisburg, Virginia. The one on 81. Yeah, you got it, because I get them turn, I go to both cities too much. One's in the memory and one's in the present. Okay, so anyway, you know, God really is great at doing a perfect work through imperfect people. Isn't that a relief? And, and I really want to encourage you that the reason you're alive is he still has use for you. He still has a reason for your life. And, uh, uh, you know, and even though that may not seem like a lot to you, but because we have youth out today and I'm going to use some pictures for them and preach and prophesy and I'm going to stray. But the first thing I want to do is, first of all, being that uh, my roots are in here and some of you may not know this and may know this, but my favorite uncle, uh, Milton Schwarzenegger, is buried right out here. Uh, You know, my my uh, grandfather, uh, Milton, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was, it was Milton. And who else was, who were, who were the three Swartz and True brothers? Swartz and True, it was Milton, El- Laban, and who was the other one? Eli. Eli. Anyway, they were like a founding, sort of founding fathers to the Mennonite school and all this. But this is what, I'm bringing all this up. That's my heritage, but also have apostolic revelation. The Bible says that that God, he sets a foundation. And when a foundation is set, you build upon it. And I remember when Mishler came to Greenwood and he was obviously the one that started this work. But right now, I would just like to apostolically shift the foundation of this church. You say, why? Because you're about to build something new and God wants to shift the foundation so you can match it in the spirit. How many of you are ready to do some new? God always is. But see, when this building was built and the vision of this house, and I'm sure it's been addressed many times, but not by somebody who is Franschhoft. That means family. Okay, you got it. If you're not sure, ask somebody who's Mennonite. Okay, okay. Now, what, but this is the deal. So I want everyone just to stand up. We want to do a prophetic act. But it, it's not just me, it's all of you. So everybody stand up on your feet. And um, what I'd like you to do is this. In, in the realm of the spirit, what does walking around a wall have to do with it falling down? 
But I'm going to tell you, God will take physical obedience and change the realm of the spirit. And in it, what we have to understand, what seems foolish to the armies inside of that Jericho wall, walking around being quiet and then shouting is not a strategy to man, but it's a strategy of heaven. So what I want you to realize is you're standing and, you know, our feet are our foundation, so to speak. I want you just to shift. I want you to take your foot and just shift, just shift over, just shift your feet over. And as we're doing this, what I declare in Jesus name, Father God is shifting the foundation of this church to match what you're building in this season. He's taking it out of the old. We thank God for the old, but I thank God for a realignment of the foundation and that you can build on a new apostolic foundation, not just what was envisioned when this building was built. And I say in the name of Jesus, I speak to gateway to advance foundation, walls, ceiling. I just speak in the name of Jesus that this is a, no, a whole new shift in the spirit. And I thank you, Father God, that as everything is shifting, Lord, you're also, and I just put your hand on your heart, that God is shifting something in you to do something new through you. And, and I, want, I want you to say this, I'm a lively stone, fit together. Now, there could be some people visiting, but for those especially at Gateway, ask God to show you how you fit in this next season. And this is a a Nehemiah anointing that God's going to take some of the burnt stones and literally do an amazing building, but it's going to be on a new foundation and it's all going to hold a new glory. Now, I thank God for what has happened in my past, but I don't want to do repeat. I want to advance. Now, this is, I want everyone just to look at me before you sit down. We're going to do one more thing is this. If you don't grow in your relationship with God, you're doomed to do reheats, repeats. And it's actually very boring because we always know how you're going to end it because we've heard it before. New belongs to those who are intimate with the father. His mercies are new every morning. And if I stay in his mercy, I stay new. If I live in what he's given me, I become old. I've seen young people live old and I've seen old people live young. Because if you don't, if you don't live in his mercy, if you don't live in his new, you'll never find the real you. The new in God actually reveals who you are in the next season. And I want to say this. David might have been a worshiper when he drove the demon off of King Saul. But he still had to go forward as a warrior. He couldn't stop at being a successful worship. He couldn't stop as a warrior. He had to go on to be the leader of the armies. That was a different shift. It's one thing to fight a battle. It's to have another thing for guys to come behind you. But he couldn't stop that. He couldn't stop till he reached the throne of his purpose. So I want to say to each of you, God is doing a new in you. And you just need to receive it. So I do this, the six, seven, eight, six, seven, eight. You know, six is the number of man. Seven is the number of God. Eight is a new beginning. So I want you to say this. All of me me. is stepping into all of him. him. 
to get a new, a new gate. Now in it, God will give you a new mantle for your new assignment. But I believe six, seven, eight is literally all of me and all of him brings a whole new dimension. And I just, and if you let that go over your spirit and let that be a part of in your heart, you're going to see it carry you in a new way. Now you may be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to use a couple pictures. I may use part of this. And uh, if they click it, and you can look at this and we'll go ahead and start. Now, I want to just say, if they put that up, I, I want to just prophesy a minute to the pastors. But I felt like this, uh, and all of this is being recorded, right? And, and uh, you know, recorded. But I always encourage you to put it on an iPhone. But I really felt like this. When I got ready to sit, to all of you sit down, what I felt I heard was the reign of heaven. And I felt like God said, the reign of heaven is about to hit seeds that have been planted in the last season that where dryness felt like growth would not come. And God said there's coming exponential response of the seeds you've sown in faith because the reign of heaven is getting interactive with the seed you've sown. And I felt like literally that as you turn into January, there's going to be like a whole new fragrance that's going to be over this church. And you're going to start seeing uh, literally the church, uh, uh, people coming into the Lord, people returning that have lost their vision. I feel this, that 2020 is going to be not just a vision season, but it's actually where you're going to be able to see what God's doing. You'll say, look at it. It's growing. It's growing supernaturally. And I felt this, the growth is not going to happen just because members are added, but that's going to happen. God said, I'm growing you as the man of God in the, and you're going to, I felt like this. I saw you growing literally behind the pulpit and it looked like you were putting on weight. And uh, I'm not saying, yeah, yeah, but, but you were growing broader. It's actually, you couldn't, the way I saw it was your shoulders were actually getting bigger. You were going, the width. And I felt this, you're going to start understanding the width of God and uh, the height and the depth, but I felt the width. And I felt this is going to be a place of a wide a wide body. And you know, we say that in terms of this uh, planes, a wide body plane, it has the ability to take more people. And I really felt like that. I saw you stretch like this. And the, and the father says, you're going to have the ability to take more people with you. It's going to be actually a grace. And, and I just feel this, that, that God says, get ready to grow again. That's what I, the words I hear because you're in another foundational shift. And I feel like this will be your 12th year coming up, right? I feel 12 is the number of authority. It's in the, the 12 tribes. It's in the 12 apostles, the disciples. And I feel like the 12 is going to be an authority shift. And what I'm speaking over the pastors, I'm saying whatever happens to the head happens to you. That means All of you are going to go into another dimensions of authority. And when you go into a dimension of authority, you actually have another realm of responsibility, but a mantle to accomplish that assignment. Authority is not given unless there's an assignment. Delegated authority means there's a delegated assignment. I really felt like I saw that this is is like a vision that come to me. Uh, I felt like I saw this bag and... uh, and you know how that uh, you, you have a bag and you can pick up animals and you throw them in. I think of chickens, you throw them in a bag. I don't know if, 
and you go around and you throw them in, you throw them in. And I felt like this, this is going to be a time that you're literally going to gather up chickens and throw them in this bag and drag them into church, but they're going to fly out like eagles. Amen. Did you hear what I said in the spirit? Yes. There are people that they, they still got the chicken, the fear in them. And God said, drag them in and let them fly out like eagles. And God help the eagles today as they play. Amen. Okay, now let's move on. I saw somebody had the right shirt on the trumpet. I just had to throw that in there just, just so you know I'm human. Okay, now there you are. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Okay, now what I want to talk about is, they have it up there, I have to look around. The Bible says, what shall we say to these things? I want to, if I could tell you anything, if I can listen to what you're saying, I can tell what your future is. God didn't say think to the mountain. He said, speak to the mountain. And whatever you're speaking is the realm of authority. This man, fl flip to the next, the next slide, but what's this man's name again? Say your name. Rob, Rob, I felt like this, that God is mantling you to start speaking a different realm. And God said, I'm shifting what you say so, you can, so I can shift what you see. And if you'll speak it, I'll deliver it. I had God tell me one time, he said, he said, uh, he said to me, he said, he said, Dale, ask me what you want. And if you ask small, it's just simply going to hurt you. And I've heard God say to me, he said, if you don't ask, people don't ask big of me. And so I have no place to get involved in their life. They ask for what they can handle instead of only asking for what I can handle. Would you like th this man right here? What's your name? Justin, when I looked at you, I felt like God was saying this right into your spirit. He said, I want you to ask me for something you can't handle so I can handle it to you. And this is going to be the time that you see that your words open up your future and you're going to see him as a father who can deliver. And God said, I want you to align even your vision. I felt like I saw oil going over your eyes. And God said, I'm going to open up your eyes to what can be, not what was. And I almost felt like God said, you're going to shake off the dust of where you felt like you simply got dusted or got, you know, defeat. And God said, I'm putting back a victory garment on you and you're going to start believing like you did before. Now, I want to I just say this to you. It's not easy when you go through defeat. How many of you have ever been through something that felt like defeat? You know, uh, I just want to say, you know, that... I could talk to you about a lot of things, but just giving you a snapshot so you don't think everything is always going my way. Sometimes when you look at people that are prospering and overcoming, you don't know what they came over. No, that's true. And you know, when, when I was 55, I wasn't planning on my wife dying of cancer. We saw her after a year, no cancer, and then a year later, and I could tell you some things and, and the Lord spoke to me, and, uh, but I can't go into it. All I'm saying is, I had to find myself again in him. Amen. I had to go past the disaster and say, okay, God, I'm still here. What's, what are you doing? Because I never thought I would outlive my wife. That's just a reality. Do you know when you face something you didn't think you'd ever face, you have to get in his face till you know who you are again in him. 
When you don't understand what's happening, you have to go and say, God, I need you more than I've ever needed you before. Help is the most honest prayer you'll ever pray. It means you ain't going to make it unless he shows up. Help is a very good prayer. Peter prayed it. He didn't say, my father who art in heaven, I am sinking and I'm drowning. He just said, help. (laughs) Are you with me? So what are you going to say to these things? Uh, If it says this, I can tell this isn't going to quite work because I'm on a different font. But it says this. It says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Do you know what it means? There's times it doesn't feel like God is for us. You ever been there? God, if you're for me, why is this going on? You can click to the next screen. I don't think this is going to quite work the way I want. But you know what? It says he didn't spare his own son, but he gave us everything freely. Now, I just want to touch on something right now. Do you know when you ask for healing, you're asking for the, less, the lesser blessing? Because by his stripes, we're healed. Are you with me? The stripes on his back was lesser than his crucifixion on the cross. That costs more than the stripes. He, and I'm going to tell you why. Jesus can heal people before they're saved. He paid for healing before he paid for salvation. So whenever you ask for healing, you're asking for lesser than salvation because it costs less. Paul was beaten. I mean, what Jesus went through was, was horrendous, but the cross was more than the beating. And I don't ever forget, he paid for it. Now, you say, well, I can't, I can't that's another whole story, I can't go there. Okay, I really felt like this. I, I, uh, uh, I'm going to say, Mom, what's your name? Lydia. Lydia, I just felt this. I saw the healing power of Jesus just hit you. And I just released the anointing of God and his healing power, not just to you, but through you. And I want you to lift your hands like this. And, and Lord, I just speak healing into those hands to release to other people in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for that anointing that's over her in Jesus' name. And I felt like this. You're going to see angel movement in Jesus' name. When you pray, you're going to sense angelic movement because the power in the Spirit of God is all over you. Now, as we flip forward, I want you to just think about this. Uh, it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? How many feel like sometimes it's been a lot of stuff against me? I know God's for me, but man, it feels like all this stuff is against me. You are not known by what you avoid. You are known by what you overcome. It takes a Goliath to reveal a David. It takes a fiery furnace to reveal a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In it, I will say this. When everything's going your way, the world is not watching you. What they're watching is when things are not going your way, will you still praise him? Will you still worship him when things are not working out? I, I, I want to say this uh, woman right here. You're, what's your name? Jennifer, I felt like this. I felt when I said this, it felt like things weren't going your way. But the Lord said, your worship is making a way where there is no way. That literally, I felt like the Lord was opening up a door that no man could shut. And I don't know why, but I felt like this. You're not only learning, but this is a season of teaching. I just saw you teaching, teaching. And God said, you're going to teach what you've been through to others. And there's going to be the counsel of heaven in your voice because 
because of the things you have suffered, God's given you authority. Um, uh, this this uh, young one right here that you're, what's, Lily? Lily, I just felt like there's a dreaming anointing and I just released that dreaming anointing, Father God, and I released the worshiper anointing. I felt like this, you're gonna know what it means to go into the Holy of Holies and to see his presence. Uh, there, God, you're going to have some really God encounters at a young age. Lord, I just release it over her in Jesus' name. Now, that, uh, I want to I go on to the next one. I don't want to, if you flip on to the next one the slide. Uh, and how many of you ever thought about this, that Jesus is praying for you? I wonder what he's praying for you because his prayers get answered. He's singing songs over you. Flip to the next one. I, I, I felt like this. For this, what's, sir, what's your name? Stanley. Stanley. And this here's an important person to you? Yeah. Who? My aunt. Your aunt. Okay. So, now, Stanley, I felt like this. I felt like the Lord is praying a prayer for you. And I felt there's an anointing to wake up your spirit to come into another view of who you are and what he has for you. And I, I don't know why, but I felt like I saw your fingers starting to go over a computer keyboard. And God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start giving you some skills and some training. And I felt like you're coming to another level of doing things you don't think you can do. There's, and I felt like this, God wants you to wake up to the genius he put in you. And so, Lord, I just thank you that, Lord, you just increase the anointing on him and, Lord, give him a breakthrough. And I want to say to the aunt, I don't want to call you aunt. What's your name? Mary, I felt like this. I saw you by the river weeping and God said, where you've sowed in tears, you're going to reap in joy. And because now this is the revelation of that scripture. There are a lot of when you sow in tears, it means you're crying over what is, but you're you're planting for the future. It's, it's faith while you have the pain of the past. And I felt like this is going to be a time that you shatter a, a stronghold that has been in the family pattern and say, well, that's just the way it goes for us in our family. And I felt this, the devil is not going to rob you anymore, but there's coming a glory to your heart that's going to put you in a timing of heaven. I feel there's a miracle coming from heaven with your name on it. And I just felt that God said, I'm giving you literally another dwelling place. I, I actually felt like you were getting a house or, I mean, just like it seemed that real. It may just be a dwelling in the spirit. You may not need a house, but I felt this is a time of restoration for you. And, and I felt like this, get, get your voice up loud before the Lord and tell him what you literally are believing for. Now, how many of you know that whatever, whatever affects you is part of your anointing? I, I just want to touch on something out of this today. That, that, and I feel this is for Gateway, and that's one of the reasons why I went to it. Can you imagine fishing all night, and then Jesus says to you, launch out into the deep and let your nets out for a catch? Now, I really feel like this. This is a time for the body of Christ to go out into the deep. What am I saying? How many of you have ever been into offshore fishing and you get so far away you can't see land? I've done it once and I, I told God I would never do it again. <laughs> I got sicker than a dog. We went out there, caught nothing, got sick, come back. I thought, and it was, it was, 
I just thought, this has to be crazy. Now, maybe if you caught fish, you'd do it again. But to drive that long in that rough of water to catch nothing, to turn around and go back. I was born in Delaware. We don't leave. the. But I'm going to tell you something. You cannot. You cannot catch the big fish standing on land. And I want to say to everyone here, the deep is only a place you've never been before in God. God's saying, if you want bigger, you have to go deeper. Deep calleth to deep. I really feel there's an anointing where God is going to take this church into a deeper place in the spirit. And you guys are already moving into this, but get ready to watch where you start falling into realms of the spirit where God just starts bringing deliverance to people. Things, uh, the word of the Lord coming uh, in the middle of worship. Demons will actually leave people, not so much they manifest, but literally the strongholds will be broken because of the presence and the authority of God. How many of you have ever been in a place and somebody walks in and, and that person coming in, they bring a dark spirit in just and you turn around. What just changed in the atmosphere? And they come in and they haven't even started cursing, but they're about to. But just the way you feel something, you know, I'm looking for the day when a Christian walks in and the glory just fills the room like and people start falling under the power of God because we carry the glory. And, you know, if there are people that can carry hell into a room, we should be able to carry heaven in. Come on now. But he said, let down your nets for a catch. And, you know, if you go to the next one, I'm going to tell you what's hard to do when you've worked all worked and worked and worked and nothing's worked. And God said, would you just throw your net? And, and what did Peter say at your word? And he said, nevertheless, at your word, it's not that we haven't been working, but when he says it, the results are totally different. I, I want to, uh, to this man right here. What's your name? Brian. Brian. I felt like this. The Lord's about to speak some things to you and it's going to take what you've been working to another level. I just feel like you're going to start seeing the power of God in his word toward you, that it's going to where it feels like it won't work. When he speaks a word to you, it's like a whole different level of result. And I, I always say this to people. One word from heaven can change your life on earth. One word from heaven. And, and, and just be tentative, Brian, because... I feel you're going to hear it's going to be like a whisper. It's going to be a whisper from heaven, but it's going to change everything for you in Jesus name. I want to go on to some point. Go to the next one. You know the story. The fish came in. Go to the next one. And it almost broke. But look what happens here. I want to I'm going to focus on Peter. What did he say? Depart from me because I'm a sinful man. Do you think he was worse than any other of the those disciples in the boat? no. I don't believe so. But I'm going to tell you something. What stirs your spirit or the way you respond to a situation shows your anointing. And, and what, what goes on? Go to the next slide here. I'm going to show you this. What did Jesus say to him? He said, from now on, Peter, you're, going to, you're not catching fish, you're catching men. But I want you to remind you how Peter said, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. All the other apostles, you know what they said? They were simply astonished. Your call will cause you to react to events in a different way. Your call will make you react to an event in a different way. I, I really feel like uh, and I'm going to be prophesying a, a, a lot more tonight, but I feel like I, I want to just say this. Uh, 
uh, Willard, to you, I feel like this. There's another realm of the call of God on your life. And, and I feel like God said, I need you to break some judgments you have about yourself. You can't say those things anymore. And, and, and in it, uh, I want to just tell you mine and just say, I used to tell people that I was a prophet who traveled to the nations, not a prophet to the nations. In other words, I would travel to the nations, minister to pastors, to Christians. And the Lord said to me, he said, I don't agree with you. You can't say that anymore. It actually took two years of me not saying that before God sent me to Burma and I prophesied to the nation and it shifted the nation. And actually, uh, in a very dramatic way, and the pastor that I prophesied it to didn't even believe it. He told me afterwards and what God did. But what I'm saying to each of you, and I'm saying this right now to you, Willard, where you say, well, I don't do that. I want you to stop and think. We may not do that, but Jesus might want to do it through us. I, I remember I was prophesying over this young couple and I saw two children running around. They weren't young. They were 40. And they look young to me. Anyway, I saw two kids running around them. And I said, do you have kids? And they said, no. They said, uh, we want children, but we haven't been able to have them for 11 years. And, uh, and, they said, and the pastor said to me, pray for them. They, 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 they can't have children. And I, I just said, God, I don't do the baby thing. You know, there's people, they do the heart back, the thing. I don't do the baby thing. And, and God said, well, I do. Would you work with me? I looked behind me and Benny Hibble in there and there no Oral Roberts. And just, everybody say, sometimes it's just me and Jesus. Okay, yeah, are you with me? And so I prayed. It wasn't even that great. A year later, I went back and the, the pastor, she grabbed my hand, took me over and said, here they had two twins, a boy and a girl. And, and I'm going to just say this. There are things you say about yourself and Father God does not agree with you but because you say it, his hands are tied. He needs you to agree with him. Do you understand when God talked to Moses, he had to change Moses's mind more about Moses than about God. Are you with me? He, he, and, and Moses said, well, I know you can take him out. And God said, but I want you to take him out. No, no, no I, don't, I don't get somebody else. Okay. Moses became a friend of God. You know why? He did it when he didn't want to. That's right. I really felt like that um, when I said that, and, and, and I feel this for you, Carl, I want to say this. There are things you thought you'd never do, but because you've done what you didn't want to do, it's given you another level of friendship with him. And God said, you're taking them out of Egypt. You're taking them out of bondage into the promised land. But the Lord says, because you've done it, you've become my friend. Uh, I remember one time the Lord, I was in an airport and the Lord said, I want you to minister to this, this woman. And I said, Lord, I, can, can we just be honest? There was things in my life that weren't, attitudes in me that weren't right. Like, you know, it's, it was S-I-N, don't tell your children what that is. It, how many of you know when you get mad or you, things, you know, you, 
we have attitudes, they're sin. Yeah. And, and God asked me, he said, would you minister? So I said, okay. So I just, I walked over and I'm over. Oh, Lord, I thank you for the blood Jesus takes away all this. It wasn't really, it wasn't big, but it was big enough to make a difference. Are you with me? Because that's big stuff when you're sensitive to God. I said, blood of Jesus, I repent. And so I walked over and said, you know, I'm a Christian. When I look at people. God shows me things. I ministered a short word to her. She just started crying and crying and crying. And uh, I just walked away. I said, Lord, you, you saw that I wasn't totally right. Uh, I mean, I had to get some things right before I ministered. Why, why would you choose me? He said, well, he said, well, Dale, I knew you'd do it for me. And I just want to stop right there for a minute. Will you be one of those that will simply do it for him? And I was feeling really good. <laughs> and then he told me something else. He said, and by the way, you were just the best thing I had within 50 feet. So how <laughs> I many know sometimes he uses you because he, he don't have a lot of things within. You just happen to be within 50 feet and <laughs> don't get us so elated. But everybody just say, use me, Father. Okay, yeah, he, he's, he really will and just get it right. Uh, Rusty, I really felt like this. This is going to be a time that even your life is uh, like what I'm going to talk about here with Peter in a minute, that there are going to be people in heaven because of your life. That there's a, an anointing to get people to see Jesus and to lead them to the Lord. And so I just released the fire of John the Baptist, the zeal of God to consume your bones, that anointing in the name of Jesus. And, and uh, uh, for you, daughter of Zion, I felt this, you're, storing, you're stirring the winds of his spirit and you're going to prophesy what you see. I felt this, you're going to worship and stir the winds of the spirit and you'll be in them. And then God said, what do you see? Prophesy it. And, and you're there's, it's not just your deliverance, but you're going to prophesy other people's deliverance out of the winds of the Spirit. And I feel that there's going to be marriages saved through the counsel God gives the two of you in the name of Jesus. Now, I want to go back to Peter for a minute. Peter's the only one that repented. You know why? That was his call to lead the whole early church into repentance. And as he stood in front of that crowd, he thought about that fish that he brought up. And God said, Peter, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And here is Peter throwing out the net. I want you to go on to the last part. Just click ahead. Because my time is about up. And I want you to stop there. It says, you know, I'm going to give you the words to speak. But I want to get the verse 20 on the end. For it is not you who speaks, but the spirit of your father who speaks in you, Matthew 10, 18, and 20. That's 20. Now, if I had wrote in that scripture, I'd said, for it is not you who speak, but the, spirit, the Holy Spirit who speaks through you. How many of you know that Jesus lives in us? How many of you know the Holy Spirit's in us? Yeah. Have you thought about it that the spirit of the father, according to scripture, speaks in us? There's room for the Father, too, according to that scripture. I mean, that is the Bible, isn't it? So what does it mean? How many of you know, uh, as, as, uh, as you're growing up, maybe your father is in heaven, but you can still hear your father's voice when you get ready to do something that would, he say, now, if you do this, do it this way. How many know your father's voice don't leave you? I know we have the Holy Spirit. I know this Jesus. But go to the next slide. I want to wrap this up. It says, 
Who's ever ashamed of me and my words? Do you know what? It's not about just being ashamed of Jesus. We can't be ashamed of his words. In other words, what he tells us, we got to speak. A lot of us say, well, you know, I'm not ashamed of Jesus, but you won't say what he's telling you. Come on. And, and, and I'll tell you that we, we have to be at both levels. It's his words and him. And let's go to the last part. And I want to see, it says, but the spirit of your father speaks in you. Go to the next one, the last one. When Peter got up to speak on that day of Pentecost, do you know what he said? Let this be known to you. He's saying this, heed my words because the father's voice is in my words. These are not my words. These are his words. I want you just to bow your head just for a minute. And I want you to realize there comes a time when God will use your voice to be a voice to his words. And it can make a difference of life and death to someone else because his voice is in your voice. These are not your words. They're his words. Some of you are going to come into such a, a mantle of anointing that you just realize this is way beyond you. This is him in you. And I release that anointing and that mantle and that word that that becomes a reality in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to look up at me and I want to say something to you. I, I have some different people that will call me up through different places that influential leaders that will call me up. And what happens is, as I start to talk to them, I will feel the presence of the Father come down on me. I will feel his words in my words at a realm that were not happening five minutes before. But I've learned how to let him speak through me by keeping myself out of the way. I just want to say this to you. If you're not trying to prove who you are, then you have room to prove who he is. If you have no hidden agenda, he can hide his agenda in you. Richard, I, I, uh, Richard, I just felt like I saw the Spirit of God go back and hit you. like It was like a tomahawk. It was flying over and over. And it hit you right in the heart and it opened up. And I felt this, where there's even been some heart shut down. God said, I'm opening up your heart for another level of flow in the Spirit. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why God needs to open up all of our hearts to another level. I'm speaking it to Richard, but I'm also speaking to everybody here. Because when we get hit on our heart, we start defending because we don't want to be hurt more. The problem is if I defend my own heart, even God can't get in. And there are times where like in worship, God will hit me because most of my hands are I'm focused on him and I'm not defending. And he has access to shift something because when he shifts this, I start walking differently. It, it's your birthday, right? What's your first name is? Gabe. Gabe, I just want to say this. I felt like I saw the fire of God come down in front of you. And you may not understand this, but you're going to know how to step into the fire of God. And what it's going to do, it's actually going to cause your eyes to see in vision. 
You're going to be a man of vision. And the Lord said, but as you step into worship and even at a young age that God said, I'm doing something deep in you and, and you're going to start stepping into the fire of God and you're going to start seeing things by the spirit. Watch what God does for you. Uh, I'm just coming over here. What's your name? A Adam? Alex. 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 I felt this. There is an anointing on you for business but you will always be in the middle of God's business. And, and I really felt this. And, you know, I don't say this lightly because I always believe that God prospers all of us. But I felt like there's an anointing for wealth on you. And God said, keep me, keep the glory higher than the gold. And believe me, because there's a favor of Joseph on you. You know what's interesting? God would use Joseph to take Israel into Egypt, but it raised up Moses to take him out. How many of you know sometimes it's God's will you get into a place, but then the time is over, you get out. I, I even felt like this is going to be a time. I want to say this to the trumpet player. What's your first name? Doug. And that is your wife, right? Yeah, because you're all over like a cheap suit, so you better be. Okay. Like a, and, and, and Doug, uh, Doug, what I want to say to you is that God is getting ready to blow into your spirit another level of anointing. And I release the, the anointing of the Father to come into you. And God said, I'm releasing a Father's heart so you can father other people. And I felt that God was giving you something your natural father never did. And this is going to be a time that shifts you into your future. And, and your name is, and the Lord says, daughter, I'm getting ready to give you not just a second wind, but a refreshing anointing that's going to carry you past. And I just, I want to say this, wherever there is torments in your dreams, I break them. And I say the dreams of heaven to come down on you. I break off of you where the enemy tries to uh, attack you with the dreams. And I say now, Lord, I release the dreams of heaven. I thank you, Father God, for the anointing that breaks every yoke. I thank you, Lord, that there's a deliverance. I saw deliverance all over you. And I thank you, Father God, that thing is shattered in the name of Jesus. And, and I, I just say a spirit of faith and anointing. And I felt this. I don't know why, but I felt like this. The enemy got in through childhood, but I drive him out in the name of Jesus. And I say he shall not possess this vessel of glory. And I felt there's coming a new flow of his presence and power through you. And people are going to say in about two years, what happened? Something shifted in her spirit. But a seed has been planted today that's going to take you into another. You, you still have to meet the real you. I'm going, to tell, I'm going to say this to all of us here. There's a part of me that I have not yet met and I want to meet it. And that's the part that Jesus took a hold of me for. There's, there's this, this man sitting right here. I just want to say this. I felt like the Lord, what's your first name? Jerry, I just felt like the Lord was walking toward you. His presence was coming toward you. And as he came toward you, you put your arms around him like to embrace him. And when you did, another anointing came on you. And the Lord said, son, because you're coming closer, there's coming a new realm of my presence. And I felt this. You're going to start knowing him as he is and seeing yourself as you are. And I just release even an Abraham anointing to bless the children and to speak the anointing of God and release it in the name of Jesus. Now, 
I, I have a problem. Because I'm a pastor, I like to touch everybody, but I can't today, and we need to eat. So what I'd like you to do is this. I just want you to put your hand over your heart, and this is what I want to say. I want to say to each of you, wake up to your call. Wake up to your destiny. The Father is waking up the body of Christ in this season for the greatest revival that has ever hit the earth. There is a dream the Father has concerning your life that some of you have not had or you've had but have not stepped into. But I just say in the name of Jesus, God is waking up the bride for her finest hour on this earth. And I want you just to say this. And just if you just put your hands before him, just say, use me to bring you glory. Not in a little way, but in a big way. You're a great God. Now, I'm going to just tell you a secret. A great father has great children. I didn't say great grand. I said great children. You were meant to carry his greatness in a certain fashion. I was called to do what I'm doing and the greatest anointing comes when I step into what he called me to do. When you step into your call, that's when the greatest anointing will ever hit you. There are many things you can do, but there's things you must do. And I'm going to tell you this, the body of Christ, we're coming under another whole move of his spirit that's going to be incredible. And until you're amazed by what you do, and, and I'm just, as I end this, my last prayer, this, this man right back there with that sort of Hawaiian shirt, that's you. Don't look big. Yeah. So, what, what's your name? Julio. Julio. I felt like this. The greatness of the Father is getting ready to come through you and I don't know why I'm saying this, but I felt like I saw contracts come under your hand. And this is going to be a time of unusual business and unusual blessing. I release the anointing to expand. And I felt this, your words will open doors. And I felt like this, there's a Joseph favor. Now, just one minute, and I'm turning over to the pastor. I have four books for $40. In the back, we have some CD sets. I, there's one I want to say, and I just want to do this real quick. And it's on favor. And in it, Julio, I'm going to give this to you. You will listen to this. I'm going to tell you, the church doesn't know the difference between favor and favoritism. Favoritism makes you a slave because you have to be the best of something. Favor is simply the love of God. And uh, and if you buy one of those, I'll give you a free book today. I'm just doing this because you're all from close to where I was born. And uh, no, it's true. I just, I do it different places, but I'll do it here. But, and uh, we have a Jehovah visa machine or we'll put something down. But I just want to thank you tonight at six. I'm going to do a little bit of teaching, but a lot more prophetically. And, uh, and, and I really want to encourage you to come out and just let God bless. And I'm going to ask, turn it over to Pastor Tim. Let's thank God for his goodness. He's a great God. Hallelujah. I thank God for Gateway. Amen.